Welcome back to the Sun Island, guys. Um, this is the second of two episodes with D. Um, it was very informative, um, our last meeting. So we had to actually split episodes in two, and this is the second one. So guys, just enjoy. Welcome to the Sun Island. So what is the typical timeline from the moment you speak to a client, uh, resident, regular residential home, to gotcha. the time they uh, get the job completed? Um, so it just depends. So um, you got a couple of different customers. Uh, it's not that many, but in the residential field, you either got a retail customer who's going to pay out of pocket. Or, and that's few and far and in between, <laughs> um, or the customer who's using insurance. So, um, obviously, once we go and assess that the roof does have any type of parallel damage or, you know, loose shingles or anything like that, uh, we recommend that they get a, an insurance adjuster to come out, call the insurance to see, you know, what the deductible may be and if this qualifies for insurable replacement. Um, that part is solely based on the insurance companies. Sometimes I've had adjusters come out the same week. Sometimes I've had adjusters wait two weeks. It's, it just depends on on how busy. But uh, once you know the customer gets that back and they get a, a good estimate from the adjuster, we go through and make sure that we cover every single aspect that the insurance needs to be covered um, to make sure that if we need to replace gutters, um, replace any... Uh, other components of the roof that may not been in the original scope, um, we go ahead and get that replaced. Uh, we also can do garage doors and different things like that because when the adjuster comes out, they're going to look at everything mm. on a, on a dwelling. Um, so once we get all that information in and we figure out that, okay, this is what we need to do, um, and the customer says, hey, yeah, we do want to sign with you and sign a contract, uh, we typically order material. A material delivery can be anywhere between 24 to 48 hours. Okay. Once the material is on the ground, we're ready to go. Um, so from the signing of the contract to us actually finishing the job, it can take anywhere from three to five days. Okay, three to five days. <clears throat> and again, that's all depending on the size of the home, but on average it's about five days from mm. start to finish. Um, now, if we want to estimate from um, material delivery, depending on the size, we can do it in the same day sometimes. Uh, we start really early. Um, on average, it's about two days, two or three days. Uh, and, and the reason why I, I like legit asked that question, I do know, as you mentioned, a lot of roofer uh, trying to transition or get into solar, but a lot of time I do actually see them, from my experience, mm -hmm. I see them struggle to get in the space. And that's why I asked that question, because for me now I'm thinking, is it a timeline thing? Because solar can be a little bit longer, because uh, you got to get permitting and, and stuff like that. So you can go up to three months sometimes. Yeah, know? so um, a little bit about the contracting industry and, and a little history of it. Um, again, kind of where we started, a lot of those owners are blue collar workers. so. When it comes to solar or really anything else, government work or anything that's outside of what I do in regards to insurance and retail, in regards to like a lot of paperwork, um, a lot of patience. And um, 
a lot of regulations you got to follow. And a lot of these guys, they're really good at what they do. I want to get up there. I want to put a roof on. I want to go. <laughs> right. And so um, a lot of those individuals get discouraged or kind of take a step back because they don't want to go through the process. They don't want to go through the waiting. Um, if I told you that I can order material, have it there tomorrow, I can start tomorrow and be done um, by Sunday. It's like, hey, I'm Just, in and out and I got my money. Right? You, that's, that's, you know, follow the follow the money, right? Yeah, exactly. That's true. But if, if, you know, I get a contract and you said, hey, um, I want I want you to do the work for me. I want you to give me three references. I want you to provide me photos and a detailed outline of exactly how you're going to replace the roof. Um, I want to see the permit before you start. Um, which will require you to go to the permanent office, maybe wait in the line. Um, depending on what municipality or jurisdiction you're in, it may take a couple days, a week. I've seen some say two weeks um, sometimes. And so a lot of roofers don't want to do that. They just want to get in and get out. Yeah. So um, that's a story I've seen in relation to a lot of things like that, entering a different space. It comes ah. kind of hard for a lot of blue-collar owners to – maneuver and shift like that that makes sense and then he said that uh follow the money just not so <clears throat> there's a thing that uh storm chases right i, I know that's a thing when it comes yeah. out to how is that a thing and how does it work and like how what so yeah there there are programs um that'll tell you and that'll actually notify you that hey there's been a hail storm or a wind event or maybe a major storm that goes through certain areas um, they'll ping you. They'll, there was a tornado recently yeah, over here. It, uh, I think it hit uh, Pasadena. It ripped bad. down a fence in my community. I don't know if it clearly wasn't a tornado, but because it was high winds, mm -hmm. it ripped down a whole fence on a corner lot, mm -hmm. like flat. And that's and that's my, you... my trash can blew down to the next end of the street. It was kind of weird yeah it's a weird thing to see but uh when it's weird for everybody else and as bad as it sounds is it's blowing green dollars everywhere for a roofer a regular roof that's funny so it's like and i'm just imagining the the leaves of the tree being money that's funny um the so as far as the um folks who would be interested in a new roof but yet still not have made that decision right so they they know that they need a roof mm -hmm. they know that their roof is you know dilapidated mm -hmm. why do a lot of people just keep dilapidated roof and not just get a new roof well because they get their quote back <laughs> you know so um i think it, it, a lot of it comes with education and that's what i kind of built building on is educating the customer, being transparent, and uh, having a one-stop shop and a turnkey uh, option for all of our customers to do everything in one place, do it with one set of people, and don't have to worry about, you know, doing a dance with multiple individuals. Um, but again, a lot of people just don't know roofs are expensive, you know, and a lot of people don't understand that they're insurance options either. Um, which is we do insurance reporting also. So we'll come and assess for completely free if you have any type of storm damage. And if you do, 
we'll walk you through the process of filing a claim. So, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, <clears throat> you know how to take wins and losses, right? Oh, yeah. A lot of losses. You, you learn how to take more losses than you take wins. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, you know, like, like you, know, you got to take, you got to swing, man. You yeah, got to stay in the game. To. Yep, yep. A lot of people get out the game, right? They don't want to swing often enough to actually get that, that home run. No, not at all. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> you might not hit the ball at bat the first time when you approach the plate. But, you know, eventually you'll hit a home run if you keep approaching. Mm. Um, a lot of us in the entrepreneurial space hit a wall. It's getting <laughs> past that wall, man. Everybody hits it. <laughs> you, you, if we're going to keep the, the same along that same uh, uh, metaphoric where we're going, uh, you made a big swing recently. Yeah. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, no, it's uh, pretty simple. Big swing, but but a big miss too, and all of them strikes. <laughs> but um, yeah, building. We just got into the government space and the contracting space, okay. so um, we've been filling out the robes and doing a lot of the legwork. Um, we've been traveling across the state, seeing jobs and seeing where we can help out and uh, actually grow our business. Um, and we finally. Got our bids in for our first government contract. Um, it took a couple months for us to get everything in order and making sure that, you know, we have safety plans in order. Uh, making sure that, you know, we have enough money for per diem for our guys and, you know, hotel stays and making sure everybody has that OSHA 30. And this is a lot of steps that goes into it. And then we go ahead and when we finally get our opportunity to say, hey, we, we fit this criteria. We can do it. I know we're the best, and we submitted, and then today I found that we lost. Oh, so what? What's that submittal process like? After you do all that submitting, as far as making sure you got your per diem, everything situated, do you just go present, or you just send mm. an email? How does that work? No, and I mean being a small business as well. I would like to get into some government contract. I would like to figure out how how to go about that. So it all depends uh, how the bid is uh, requested and how the solicitation has to be submitted. Some entities will require you to submit it electronically. Um, some entities will require you to send in a sealed bid, um, which that's something else you have to pay for to make sure it gets there on time. Um, but essentially, you will come up with a technical proposal, exactly what you plan to do with um, the project, exactly how you plan to carry it out. Um, a lot of them require you to have things like safety managers on site. Um, they want to see past performance. They want to see that you can perform the work. And a lot of them want to bid bond also to make sure that you stay true to your word and you won't just lowball the bid and just to get the job. And you can't really perform it. Um, so. You do all that and then they'll have a contracting officer that you'll communicate with and um, they'll give you great details on, you know, who to submit the information to or what platform to upload it to. So where do you ever find the next one to apply to? Is there like a website you go to or you yeah, just kind of keep your ears to the ground? Well, or? it's all public information. You can go to sam.gov to get all the information and um, it's all by NAX code or um essentially trade codes whatever you do is uh linked to the solicitation so if they're looking for roofers hvac solar um i've seen anywhere from retail uh for leasing 
Mm. Uh, buildings for the government, um, containers, everything. Sell napkins if you wanted to. You're a big, you're you're, you're a big systems guy, mm -hmm. and I know that. And then for 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 other small business owners that are out there potentially, you know, listening this or whatnot, what are some of the <clears throat> systems that you have in place in your business that help you automate, help you delegate, help you act, just be more efficient? Um. So we purchased a lot starting up. Um, I always go by the theory of, hey, um, if you stay ready, you never have to get ready. Um, so being a big software guy and a systems guy, um, we started out with Job Nimbus to keep track of our customers, our CRM. Job make, Nimbus? Yeah, okay. just to make sure that um, we can get to those individuals in an adequate amount of time. Um, and then we integrated with Signpost to uh, get our reviews, to make sure that um, we were able to get back to customers if we were text or called and we weren't able to get to the phone. Um, and then we started out with some bidding solutions that we made ourselves, and then we started using Sumo Quote for professional proposals and different things like that. And um, yeah, and sometimes um, we'll use Eagle View just to get adequate measurements. Um, we'll do a lot of that. And a lot of these are systems and people say it's new school way. Um, I want a roof for a company that's boots on the roof and different things like that. But I guarantee you, if you have a dilapidated roof and you don't want a guy that's 250 plus pounds stomping up there, <laughs> because right. if you're not gonna buy it anyway and that shingle slide off and then now you're gonna be Trouble. pissed off. Yeah. So um, we use a lot of technology to our advantages. Um, I'm a certified drone pilot also. Um, I got my part 107 to fly commercially and uh, we do our measurements that way. So um, there's a lot of different ways that you can enter this business or enter any business um, in this day and age because technology is booming. It's growing every single day. Um, it makes your life easier. It makes the customer's life a lot simpler. Um, but yeah, that's some of the things that we use. That we kind of I've been for. seeing some, <clears throat> some things that say in, AI is going to put marketers out of business. So, hey, Chad GPT, baby. Um, <laughs> so, kind of let's back up slightly when you said, you know, um, you know, you have to try and try and try and try again, right? Mm -hmm. um, what motivates you to, when you swing and miss, to come back? My wife and kids. Okay. Where it all started, my mom, my family. Um, I'm a first-generation college student, so nobody uh, really pushed that envelope. Uh, they didn't up. know, right? Yeah, didn't mm -hmm. know. You know, it's, it's not that they didn't want to. just mm -hmm. didn't know. True. Um, so when I'm down or when these things happen, I think back to them. I think back, you know, looking at my kids, looking at my wife, and making sure that I'm doing the best of my ability while I'm here to leave a lasting legacy. And not just for myself, um, just an imprint on the world. That's what I want Billy to do. I want to be known as the trustworthy company that's transparent, that, you know, made sure that, you know, I kept you and your family dry from leaks and different things like that in the roof or whatever else we can help with. Um, there's a lot of uh, contractors that get a bad name. Um, Texas, and a lot of people don't know, Texas does not require you to have licenses and roofing, licensing and roofing. Wow. Um, so anybody can show up hmm. to do a roof and say they can do it. Um, 
the only things that you know that I'm aware of that they are required to have licensing in is electricians, HVAC, and plumbing. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so um, that's why I decided as a company to get licensed. Um, even though we don't have to, we decided to. We stay insured and we let our customers hold a certificate of insurance just so we can keep them protected. All of our workers have workers' compensation to make sure that themselves and their families are taken care of. Um, and, yeah, it's it's one of those things that that keeps me grounded, just my family the customers I've helped, I know they depend on me in a way, and uh, I know my family depends on me every day. Cool. And and sometimes, a lot of times, I talk to my guys and I I let them know there there's certain non negotiables, right? Um, and <clears throat> in time, they're getting certain opportunities mm-hmm. uh, or a certain situation um, that they need to see through, right, or continue. I always ask them, well, why did, because I'm big on finishing what you start, right? Mm-hmm. So I tell them every time, anytime they get down on themselves, remind yourself, why did you start exactly. to begin with? Why did you start, right? Exactly. And after they figure out why did they start, right, I then ask them, what are your inputs, right? Because your inputs determine your outputs, right? Yeah, that's correct. And everybody get the results as whether you're a small business owner, you put that input in, you're going to get that that result. Um, the, you know, and it, it can be a challenging endeavor, but just um, what are some of the upsides? Like, what, what do you like about being your own boss, basically? Um, just the freedom, you know? Um, in the end, the, the idea for me is, is results back to family, really. And, and a lot of people will say freedom, and you do get that, but it's a lot of work. Yeah, I know you got um, all your customers are your boss. So. Exactly. <laughs> like, you can say you're your own boss, and that's fine, but in the end, it's just like you put a lot of hours and time and late nights and early mornings into this thing to grow it. Um, we're working on adding two no, two new locations right now, that's one amazing. in Bryan, Texas, and one in Dallas. And... um You'll say, hey, you got a lot of free time, but it's like, nah, you really don't. But in the end, um, you know, and kind of when I started this thing, you kind of bet on yourself, right? And that's what I did. And some people, and it's totally fine, a lot of people look down on having a 401k plan or a retirement plan or working day to day, clocking out and clocking in. I mean, clocking in, clocking out. But um, that is totally okay because not everyone is built to be an entrepreneur. And just like not everyone is built to be a, a blue collar worker, right? I, I did my fair share of labor <laughs> in the field for a while, and I got permanent scars. My yeah. best friend would probably tell you I damn near killed myself working at a wow. lumber mill, <laughs> getting so, hit by wood every what day. What would you say are some of the <laughs> ingredients to create that entrepreneurial spirit or that entrepreneur? One, it's one that you already said your why. A lot of us have a why. And some of us haven't found it yet. Um, but you have to figure out what that why is and understand that it's beyond you, right? Um, as people say, you can get a lot of things in this world, but you can't take it with you. Mm. Um, so your why and your legacy is one of those ingredients. The second thing is persistence. Um, making sure you continue to get up and go back to back. You know, um, one, and I don't know, a lot of people probably 
can or can't relate to this, but Russell Westbrook, you know, got traded from the Lakers. I mean, he came off of seasons where, you know, he's leading the, the NBA in triple doubles. Mm-hmm. You know, he's one of the best slashing point guards there is, and he just had a bad season or so, a bad couple season actually. But one thing that admires me about that is that he spends a lot of time with his family. He puts his family first, and he continues to get up and continue to go to bat. Because if this guy wasn't performing and he didn't continue to come up and go to bat or go to work every day, no other team would sign him. True. He'll be true. out the league. Yeah. So, you know, persistence is one of those things. And uh, lastly, um, I feel like transparency and, and, and clarity, you know, having clarity in what you do day to day, having transparency with your customers and transparency is with yourself. Like sometimes you look in the mirror, you say, "My bad, that was a bad deal I made." <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we uh, we coach here a lot with um, Ray uh, Dalio, um, and uh, one of his video every single one of my guys have to watch before they come on board is the principle of success. Okay, <clears throat> and he says in that very distinctly that like think his first thing was be a hyper realist. That's basically what you're saying. Yeah. Be able I'm, to look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, I messed up. Yeah. And, and then and, go fix it, right? Yeah, and go fix it. And that's the hardest part. Um, it's easy for us to make excuses. It's easy for something to be somebody else's issue or somebody else's problem um, or somebody else's issue or problem cause your issue or problem. But in the grand scheme of things, we're all in control of that. And we have to step back and look at, hey, what can I control? How can I be better? Yeah, you know, yeah. all right, I did mess up. How can I take this to the next level and make the next step? How do I get to the stuff of telling somebody I messed up? That's the first thing. <laughs> like that that took me so long to figure out to to be able to sit back and say, you know what? I was wrong. You know what? I don't know the answer to that. I didn't know. It's you know? True. Um, a lot of us want to be experts in our field and uh want to know it all and just be, hey, I'm that guy or girl. But it it takes another level of expertise to really step in and say, you know what? I'm still a student to this. Hey, Mr. Customer, Mrs. Customer, I'm going to learn from you also. Yeah. Hey, you give me the opportunity to grow and I can give you the best service possible. You right, know? Right. So, did, <clears throat> I know you did a couple of other um, communicate, you know, in your line of work, you've talked to a lot of people. Where you think, where did you develop a lot of your communication skills earlier on? Ooh. <laughs> um, I attended Navarro College for my associate's degree. And um, in that time, I had the opportunity to be president of an organization called Helping Hands. Um, and I had two mentors, Haseem Jones and Waylon Matoir. Um, they believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. And at that time, I didn't know what I was doing. I was taking a stab at something. And they were like, hey, you want to try out, you know, being president? I think you have, you know, leadership qualities. And it took me getting a little bit uncomfortable, you know? Um, and once I got uncomfortable, I was able to learn some soft skills, learn how to. T- talk to different people, different walks of life, and learn how to be a better communicator. Um, but yeah, that's really where it all began, is getting involved and um, 
And it's going to sound weird trying to find peace. Um, Makes sense. In relation to and what I mean by that, a lot of people get complacent and comfortable. And a lot of people can't find comfortability in their, I mean, I'm sorry, a lot of people can't find peace in their comfortability. So, for instance, I might be complacent and comfortable with a job, but I'm not happy. I'm not at peace, but I do it every day. Mm. Right. And so in finding that peace, sometimes you have to get uncomfortable. And when you get uncomfortable and you find your area, now you found peace. <laughs> now you found peace. Right. <laughs> right? I, so yeah. and that's that's just the game with entrepreneurship is just like, hey, let me get uncomfortable a little bit. And then maybe I do just want to work for myself or by myself or make as much money as I want to. And if that's my piece, I can't get it day to day going to work. I may have to be an entrepreneur and, and get to that next level. So be, uh, be comfortable being uncomfortable, right? Yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, it's a weird combination. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it is. Um, they have a saying that says, um, and I think I'm saying it right, that uh, hard men or, or let me repeat this. So I'm not messing it up. They say, they say, they say, they say, they say, strong men, right? Yeah. Make good times. Good times make weak men. Weak men make hard times. So it's a cyclical thing, right? Yeah, it's a cycle. It's a cycle. So for you, um, you know, just you know, all the stuff that you've you've learned and you're creating and you're you're building. Um you you say the word legacy. Okay. And to be a strong person, man or woman, uh, that takes leadership. Well, you sure. did say the word leadership earlier. So in your definition, what does that mean to you? For in, in our space, right? If you're being a leader <clears throat> in a business, what does that mean? look like to you um it's definitely not the first to do something it's the in my eyes it's the first that um really takes time to analyze what they're doing and try to do it correctly and do it to the best of their ability um you may not be a leader at all a leader can be subjective to the eyes of the beholder right so um as many parents mothers and dads out there, I'm a leader to my kids, but somebody else may not be, and I'm not a leader to someone else's kids, right? Understood. So um, it, it takes a lot of, like, I, I feel like analytical power to sit back and think and figure out, okay, how can I be a leader in my space for my customers, for my team? What does my team need? You know what's going on with your team, not your customer doesn't know, not another company, anything like that. So the way you kind of lead your organization will be based on what you're kind of surrounded by. Um, so it's a good question, but it's one of those things that can definitely fluctuate based on your audience. Um, a lot of people try to gener generalize a leader into what does a leader look like in these key terms or key steps, you know, showing up on time, punctuality and things like that. Those are just good skills in the workplace, to, to be honest. And, and and if you have poor skills like that in the workplace and you have someone who demonstrates that, then they automatically become a leader. But then in your workspace, they're a leader. But let's just say in another workspace, everybody's on time. Everybody does do it right. Right. Are they still a leader? 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's it's definitely food for thought. So yeah, and in 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 that concept, it's like it's that um, Sherpa mentality, man. You're, you're bringing people along, you know, um, getting up that mountain, making the way, showing people where to put their foot, basically. So exactly. that's that's key. Yeah, and, and and it's a big ordeal, and that's why I feel like role models are such an important thing. Mentorship, um, right? And yeah, and mentorship. So um, role models come from different facets of life, and success looks different in everybody's eyes, you know? Um, so you, you can't really pinpoint what success is or what leadership is or who a role model should be to another person. It just depends on what your end goal is. Uh, once you, again, take that time to sit back and figure out that end goal, um, you will soon start figuring out, okay, where can my leadership or where can my purpose flourish? Um, which is why you'll see people move departments and jobs, which is why you'll see people change jobs and do different things like that because they're not able to flourish or serve their purpose in that certain, certain environment. environment. Right. That's, so. yeah, that's, uh, <clears throat> that's a, a total fact. Um, so, for sure, man, uh, you've definitely demonstrated like a lot of just knowledge in general. Um, I appreciate you you taking the time or your busy schedule to come out, yeah, sit down with us and, yeah, no and kind of enlighten us a little bit on the roofing space. Um, and this is an open platform, man. Um, you can come by and uh, any when when you get each one of those locations that you open, yeah, just come back and you <laughs> know we can talk more. Yeah. It's uh it's a definitely uh, a challenge. We're working on uh, again opening those locations. We want to actually add a a brick and mortar skill school. Oh, um, nice. So I mean, it's one of those things where roofing isn't necessarily pretty, but um, and relation to what we're trying to do, we have a couple interns from Texas a and that we're working with to give them project management skills and uh, helping them, or they're helping us manage, you know, projects and helping them get the knowledge and the things that they need to flourish, either with our company or somebody else's. We're not trying to tie anybody just to what we're trying to do. Maybe they want to be their own mm -hmm. entrepreneurs, right? Um, and eventually my vision is to have some sort of program to teach craftsmanship to teach roofing to teach HVAC and give these hands-on skills to individuals locally um you know and they have different schools that do those different things but I want one essentially plex that can handle it all and then um hopefully once uh you know the value is seen into taking those courses we can teach people the soft skills and doing things the right way and taking care of customers and really give the contracting world back a better name. Funny enough, <clears throat> funny enough, you speak of education. I had a client that I met with last night, um, and it was a referral. A significant amount of my business started coming from referrals since I've been doing it for this long time. And um, I was sitting with her, talking with her, and Lo and behold, she's been teaching at Texas Southern for 30 years. 30 years. Did you know, she, well, she told me that they actually forgive her entire student loan because she's been in education for that long. 
That's a oh, thing. Yeah. I heard about that, yeah. but I've never met somebody if you, that uh, if happened you work to. And for a government entity, they have loan forgiveness programs. I think if you, uh, I think if you, it's almost like doing time. <laughs> you give them like 10 years I or was, so. Yeah, I was actually <laughs> pleased to tell her that every single one of the sales that we do here at Sun Island, we actually donate $300 to Texas Center. That's amazing. Yeah. It, you, That's good. Dude, like, you don't know how I felt when, like, at the end of the year last year, they sent me that statement. And I was like, man, Shalon, you're doing this. Hey, no, that's great. It felt good because I, I, I think, like, you see, you have a lot of the Ivy League school and, you know, large, well-known school. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have, um, you know, funds where they put that fund in a stock market and it just grows and grows. So it's not even about who exists right mm-hmm. now. It's five generations down the road. That's yeah. why the those bigs, you know, I think I think like with HBCU, you know, they always get donations and stuff like that. But I think that people who attend them could definitely play a bigger part in for sure. Just giving back, man. Cause if it was for TSU, I mean I Nothing that I am right now, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. So I, it feels good to do stuff like that. Yeah, we we have some initiatives to to start, you know, visiting some HBCUs and giving um, individuals a glimpse into the construction space. So I graduated with industrial technology, right, mm-hmm. at Texas Southern. So very similar, and our focus was on construction and engineering stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I know. Some of the professors there still, so we'll make it happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, we can nah, definitely. That's, that's something I really want to do because uh, coming through the space and majoring in computer science, uh, it's not a lot of people of color in those True. Um, courses or True. in those professions, right? Um, and it's not because it's not a oh you can't do it or it's exposure, you know, it's, man. It's exposure. That's you don't it. know it's there. You don't know, like. I never thought I'd be in a roofing business, you know, <laughs> like you don't see too many African-American roofing company owners, right? True. And um, it's one of those things that, you know, through getting uncomfortable, I started getting exposure to different things and different it's uh, that exposure. options. So. Yeah, they, they, that is that is um, a, a wonderful thing. I actually have a, um, a financial expert coming on in the next, maybe next week or it's coming on on the podcast. Okay. And that's another area where people are just not aware. Yeah. So I feel so grateful to have this uh, podcast, you know, uh, Energy Bridge, Sun Island, where I can create a legit community um, where people can talk about stuff like this. Because as simple as this seems, a solar business owner, a roofing business owner, we're both, uh, you know, black. Yeah. You know, it's people aren't seeing that as often, right? And then we can sh- be as a, ro- a role model in that regards. Um, so it's, you know, <clears throat> that's one of the reasons why I, I started that with the idea that I want to put my money where my mouth is. Uh, and as coming from a HBCU that helped me, that mold me. Matter of fact, if it wasn't for them, I would not have the courage to be an entrepreneur. They molded me from the beginning that, hey, you're gonna have to, if you want a genuine opportunity, you're gonna have to create it. Yeah. 
Um, And I've tried the regular route. I've tried the corporate life. And it just, number one, it didn't match my personality. I don't think corporate life match a lot of Jamaicans, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) We're always trying to rule something. (laughs) You know what I mean? But, you know, you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, now I follow you. And uh, like I said, this this is a great platform. And I hope you have me back. I will. Let's make it regular, man. I will. I've been looking to do something like this for a while, and uh, it takes, like I said, and in this regard, you're a leader to me, you know, Um, starting something like this and having your own production and different things like that. I feel like this is an opening opportunity. So so I tell you how how being uncomfortable, uh, you just need to keep along those lines, how something like this come about. Uh, My production guy runs a whole production company. Um, and he took a chance to get uncomfortable, like legit. He took a chance to get uncomfortable, and the synergy just worked out. Hey. He k- took a chance, get uncomfortable, and he was like, "Hey, Shellen, I think I can serve you way better in this regard." It took a little bit of convincing because <laughs> I'm like borderline introvert, extrovert. Like I'm on like 50%. What is that? The omnivert, I think is what they call it. I think like so, that. right, right. So I can kind of be like a chameleon a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, so he did, took a little bit of convincing. He was like, you know, he just said stuff to me and it just kind of clicked. But if he did not, you know, took a chance to get uncomfortable, my production guy, Adam, he's, he's amazing. He's the one who does all this excellent work um, that you know that comes to, to online and everything. If he didn't take a chance to get uncomfortable, we would have never met. You see? So it's just like, it's, uh, it's a law of attraction, basically. Yeah. So when you're on that frequency, like I was on, like I am on, uh, it attracted somebody that's, legitimately on the same frequency but just had different skill sets exactly and that's how you build and that's how we were able to put it together so you know i'm eternally grateful um i'm super happy that you know because i don't have the skill set to do this you know i know about so i know about sales i know about starting a business i know about a lot of stuff but the skill set to do this there's no way right Mm. Um, so to get that together and to have somebody like yourself, you know, that I admire, that I look up to as a role model, because you've been running your business way longer than I have, you see? Mm-hmm. So I do look up to you as a role model. So for you to mention that on this realm as well, you know, that's welcome and appreciated, you know? I so appreciate that. It was a pleasure, brother, having same, you all. It same. really was, man. And we're, we're for sure going to do this again um and as we grow as two business you know we'll we'll, we'll keep uh, uh you know attach and remember we need to figure out how to get those links on the website man yeah no, we'll make it happen <laughs> we'll, we'll, sure. we'll get gotta, those things going tap back into my web development day yeah right 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 we'll get we'll those, those things hours. going man so hey one love brother same man. appreciate Thank you coming you. out man be blessed you. Uh-huh, for sure <clears throat>